Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sinatra Walker here with Dr. Paul Meyer for Roundtable with Dr. Paul Meyer. Hi, Paul. Hey, Kristen. Uh, It's it's great to be with you. Yes, yes. So tonight we're going to talk about differences of opinion and I'm going to cover something or answer something. We got, we got a lot of emails um, about a particular show. I don't need to say which one because y'all will know um, by my response to it. So do you want me to start with that, Paul, or do you want to start with the difference of opinion and leave that for the end? Oh, no, I'll, I'll let you start. But I did, I did want to say that it's, uh, uh, it's really uh, uh, interesting that we came up with this topic because uh, we can share with our listening family right now that uh, you were, you know, lots of times before, sometimes before a program that we do, we know exactly what it's going to be on and we do research and, you know, I send you about 30 pages of <laughs> you know, <laughs> research articles and you send me uh, different things. And and uh, and then lots of times when we do the program, we just decide, uh, well, what do you feel like talking about today? And and um, this is one of those. And, and, and I did national radio to 2 million people a day on 400 stations for 25 years and mm-hmm. and uh, it was live and and usually we decided on the topic a minute before the show started and then we would talk about the topic and then take questions and answers after that but uh but anyway today you and i both thought separately of a topic that we wanted to discuss and i've never in my life done a program on differences of opinion in my whole life mm-hmm. on the radio mm-hmm. or all those years and uh and and when we got together on the phone uh, 10, 10 or 15 minutes ago uh, to prepare for this program. That's what you wanted to talk about. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So that's yeah. pretty strange. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I think. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll save my response um, to, uh, to the emails that we got um, for the end. No, why don't you go ahead and do that? Okay. I think okay. Be, and I knew nothing about your reasons, you know, so that was, a, you know, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Exactly. So, you know, narcissism is obviously a hot, hot topic. And I know my listeners, like I, I really know who's listening. And um, I'd put the word fault in here if I was the old version of myself. And I would never say that about myself now. But I did a lot of shows while I was healing from 
being in relationships with the high level narcissist people who have high levels of narcissism and then people who would be classified as narcissistic personality disordered. So, um, so I have listeners that tune in to hear those shows and they're at different stages of their healing process. And I remember every single one of those stages. So listeners, please hear me when I tell you, I, I absolutely remember being so triggered by everything. Um, and then I just kept doing my work. I kept doing my work and going to therapy and doing shows and talking to anyone I could and really got to this place where I absolutely stopped being a victim. I am not saying being a victim is wrong. I am not saying that, um, that we shouldn't acknowledge that we were victims of someone else's behavior, but it's our responsibility to do the work to get out of being a victim or you're just gonna keep living that way and it's no way to live. So one of the things that, that comes up when I do shows where I either have someone who's narcissistic on and they're saying I am and I'm you know, well, or I've cured, been cured, but I still have some traits, whatever it is, I get a lot of emails from people upset saying I should have put a warning on that show. Uh, that person is awful because you're in that stage of if they, if the narcissist is anywhere near them in terms of a word, they're just bad, evil, awful people that need to be thrown away. And I remember being in that stage too. And that is just not the case and that is that very attitude or belief system is the one that keeps you in the stage of being a victim of other people's behavior and that's the very thing that you have to work really hard at getting past does that make sense paul yeah and uh, uh i mean nobody nobody can say i used to be a narcissist and not a narcissist and now i'm not one because uh, all of us are you know none of us are perfect so right. all of us have a degree Every time we're, we do anything selfish, it's a narcissistic behavior. But um, there are, in, in, in being a psychiatrist for 42 years, the vast majority of people with narcissists with extreme, with a narcissistic personality disorder, the vast majority of them never overcome it. And uh, I told, in fact, I told one of my patients today who um, is in a, an abusive relationship with a narcissist who even... Uh, tried to, to kill her. Um, hmm. um, and, and yet, and yet she was talking about, but I think if we get counseling, uh, that, that, you know, he, he seems like he's ready to change. I wouldn't recommend that. You know, I, I, I said, you know, I can't tell you what to do and what not to do, but you know, I would recommend that you run as far as you can from somebody that did that and, uh, and, and assume that he probably won't. You know, that's highly unlikely that he would and that it's dangerous. Uh, but at the same time, I've I've been around 42 years and I have seen some people that were I've got, you know, one of my most favorite patients right now is a, uh, uh, a lady that I've been uh, seeing as a client for probably 25 years now who was a narcissistic personality disorder and uh, really realized how miserable it was making her life and and over a period of years of there, I didn't do the therapy, but I treated her in the day program and followed her for meds. And she got therapy with one of our therapists here. that was really good. And over the years, she became really a nice uh, uh, wife to her husband and a, a nice uh, mom 
to her kids and, and uh, just a nice person that I enjoy seeing. She's not perfect, but she's not a personality disorder either anymore. So sometimes it happens, but it's best to, uh, it's best to assume that won't. But uh, it, some people are bothered to even hear that uh, occasionally, you know, people do overcome it. And, yeah, they uh, really and I, and I can understand that because yeah. they see people like I, I see people like this lady I talked to today who uh, naively think that people will overcome it and then they end up getting really, really hurt again. Yes. And so out of love, we don't want people to get hurt again. And so, you know, it's, it's, I can see why people would be uh, conflicted about that. But, but we do yes. want to present the truth. And the truth is that even though most people don't change a few you know, I don't know what the percentage is, you know, maybe 1% or something like that, but a low percent do uh, change and overcome. Exactly. They don't become perfect, but they become less narcissistic to the point where they're not a personality disorder anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because all I've, of us are narcissistic sometimes. And, you know, what's interesting is the rates of narcissism in the world are at an all-time high and especially yeah in the United States. So we are becoming a more narcissistic society. Oh. I mean, to oh, an it's, epic. It's amazing. Oh yeah. And it's scary. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what all the reasons are, but like, uh, um, um, I forgot that there's a speaker named Shapiro and I forgot what his first name is. Uh, a Jewish, uh, Greg Shapiro. Yeah, I, I think so. But he, there's a quote that I really like that he said. He said, uh, in the younger generation, in the generation, I mean, the previous generation, people were really, um, in, people in America were really looking for equal opportunity. So that, like, for example, you know, that's what I was looking for. My mom was a third grade educated maid. My dad was a 8000 a year earning carpenter. And, uh, and, and yet I was able to, you know, get five degrees and write 100 books and all that stuff. You know, because I worked hard to achieve mm -hmm. goals. You know that that I, that I did, and in most countries that could never happen. So, in my generation, people wanted equal opportunity to gain what they wanted to gain, and 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 there's a lot of people in today's generation that want equal results. Yeah. They don't want equal opportunity. <laughs> they just want the equal <laughs> results. They, you know, they they want you know, <laughs> you know, five honorary degrees and uh, and uh, the income of a of a doctor without having to become one and that having to go to medical uh, school. Know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I asked, I, in fact, I asked a narcissistic male patient, um, uh, just a few days ago, I said, well, you know, and he's like 25 and he hasn't done anything yet. He still lives with his parents and, and has never worked you know, even part-time or anything. And, and I said, well, what's your goal? And he said, well, my goal is to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's <going." laughs> And his parents were rich. He wasn't going to inherit any money, but he's waiting around until he can be a, you know, a wealthy entrepreneur and invest in different things and live off the investment. And I, and I, I didn't laugh, in, you know, in his face because I didn't want to be rude. But right. uh, in the inside, I thought, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I want to say this. I My response to someone who says you should put a trigger warning on any show where you talk, where you have a narcissist on or you are saying that it's, you know, that they can be healed. And my response to that is, no, I don't. No, I don't. You know why? Because I'm not I don't play the role of enabler anymore. My being an enabler is what allowed me to give my power away 
to people who absolutely enjoyed taking it full advantage of it. I mean, that. so for me as a human being, I am not going to put warning labels on stuff like that. Now, am I going to put a warning label on, on a different kind of a show? I'll make that decision as it comes, but not about things like this, because I say everyone who tunes into our show, my show is an adult and fully capable of being responsible for their own emotional triggers. I say all the time on shows, go to therapy, go to therapy, go to therapy, do your work, work on how you got into this kind of a relationship because there's a big piece of that a huge piece of that that is totally 100% all belonging to you and needs work. The more time you spend focusing on the narcissist is the less time you're focusing on what you should be focusing on, which is you. So yeah, the codependency. Exactly. The codependency. So for me, I'm not going to enable anybody. I'm not going to do it anymore because that would be unhealthy for me. I don't need to tell you how to feel or how or to be careful about da 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 da. That's not my job. And somebody asking me to do that is somebody who is in a place of making other people responsible for their own feelings. And that is what you, who's asking me to do that, anyone who asked me to do that, that is the kind of behavior that lets you be in these kinds of relationships. And I get it and I don't judge it because I did that too. I did it for decades and I don't do it anymore. And I'm not a victim in any way anymore because I took my power back and all of those things. Um, and it's a lot of work and boy does it require you to take this kind of responsibility for your life like you never have before and sometimes you're accused of being cold or whatever um you know whatever it is for being that way and i say i don't care because i feel so good because and powerful now where i didn't forever for my whole life that really an opinion that's different than how good I feel about myself, which was hard earned. Let me tell you, hard earned to feel this good about myself. No, nobody has the right to. Um, I don't allow anyone to have the right to take that away. Yeah. Hey, Kristen, what what personality type uh, tells you that you're cold, cold hearted because you don't agree with them? <laughs> <A> narcissist. <laughs> it's a narcissist, right? Oh, <laughs> they, they, you know. <laughs> They, they can't manipulate you anymore, so they're they're angry. You know, they're. they're oh yeah, I had a woman that was uh, where my horse uh, was boarding. That, uh, you know, I I told her no about something, and this woman probably I, classic. I mean, classic narcissism at a personality disordered level has to be, um, just push, push, push. Every time you throw up a boundary, man, oh, that's a, that's a big old red bull uh, or red cape that I'm flashing for her to run through, not me actually having a boundary until I finally say, no, I'm not okay with this to her face and her response. And this is a woman older than I am. And I'm 49 was, I don't like the way that you just said that to me. You yelled at me. And I'm looking at her. I never raised my voice. I said no yeah. 20 times in 20 different ways, and she didn't listen. But that's the, this yeah. five-year-old living inside this 60-something-year-old woman. So I'm it's cold that, because it, I said no. Yeah. 
I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> and, uh, and I knew nothing about, uh, um, you know, before, before you just told me right before the program, I knew nothing about, um, anybody, uh, um, complaining about, uh, you know, the topic of a show that we did. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but in, and, and so I came up with, uh, talking about differences of opinion, totally independently, knowing nothing about what you knew, what you hadn't told me yet. And, and, and what I wrote was on differences of, of opinion, there's, the most mature versus the most uh, narcissistic ways to handle different opinion. The most mature, in my in my prejudiced opinion, is inviting those with opposing views to sit down with you and your friends or your associates and and share the differences openly uh, um, for friendly discussion and debate, listening to each other, um, and not thinking no, not thinking you're better than the other person just because his or her position is different. And either modifying your mutual positions or kindly agreeing to disagree, but having had fellowship with people of uh, different opinions, I think that's the most mature way to handle uh, differences of opinions. And then, uh, um, uh, unless they're you know Satan worshippers that want to go kill people and stuff, you know? <laughs> right, we have to draw a boundary somewhere. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. reasonable differences of opinion. And then uh, a, a, another slightly more narcissistic way, you know, so that was that would be a mature way. Uh, another way to handle it that wouldn't be that bad or that good is just not having any interest in listening to the opinions of others. That That's not real good because it's good to have some interest in the opinion of others. So I guess that would be a little bit narcissistic to say, I don't want to hear anybody else's opinion. Um, and then uh, a more narcissistic way to handle it would be to uh, block in various ways, the opinions of others uh, to be shared with uh, you or your like-minded friends or associates for various reasons. Um, you know, I guess in a way, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the people who wanted you to mark the uh, a program on that. I, I think they're good people that that yes, you know, absolutely. They're hurt. just very. Hurt. I don't think they're being. I don't think they're being narcissistic by doing nope. that. Not uh, at and all. They weren't really blocking it. They just wanted a, a warning thing on it. But then um, uh, uh, the the most narcissistic ways would be punishing those with differing differing opinions in various ways. And then the most narcissistic would be uh, punishing those with differences of opinion in violent uh, and illegal ways. For example, mm-hmm. when I when I was in college back in the 1760s. <laughs> I'm not that old. I'm not 200. Back when there was a chisel and a mallet. No, I'm kidding. I'm turning. I'm turning 74 in in May. But but anyway, uh, back when I was in uh, college, we had, you know, we listened to to people of differing views uh, politically and philosophically, and and uh, it was, you know, it it was interesting. I I learned a lot from it. And and when I did my psychiatry residency at Duke, we had uh, uh, Duke was rated number two to Johns Hopkins and uh, rated higher than Harvard at the time. And uh, we had a student-teacher ratio of two teachers per student, believe it or not. And uh, so when I would mm-hmm. counsel a patient, there'd be two profs behind a, a two-way mirror where they could see us, but we couldn't see them, um, that had opposing views that would listen to our the way we counseled them, that, that client. And then, then they would uh, uh, try to correct us 
and disagree with each other on how to correct this, you know, for the way we did it. But it was really done in a way, I mean, they were friendly class, you know, with each other. They just, and it was really, uh, it, you know, it could be a little confusing at times, but it was really helpful to me and uh, to listen to different opinions. But now, you know, you could go to uh, uh, some of the, some of the schools that were the most open-minded, you know, 30 or 40 years ago uh, when I was younger or, uh, you know, like, like Berkeley and some of those where if somebody with an opposing view in, you know, you bring in somebody with a conservative point of view. And like I said, you know, there's, there's very nice mature uh, conservatives and very nice mature liberals and very narcissistic conservatives and very narcissistic liberals. So I'm not promoting one view over another, but, but uh, right now uh, you, you see most of what, when you see people doing this, uh, beating up those with differences of opinion, and it's, it's mostly, uh, uh, um, it seems like it's mostly uh, the schools where um, uh, they have a very liberal view and, and uh, will actually just, I mean, you know, there'll, there'll, there'll be fires and cars getting burned and all sorts of things if somebody with a conservative view comes to be heard. And uh, well, that's extremely extreme narcissism in the people that would do that. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, saying, there's also... times there've been, there've been people that did that, that were narcissistic conservatives that did that to liberals too. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, there, there are also the, the things that go on that don't get talked about and get pushed under the rug because some conservative schools are very wealthy. And so they have the money to hide all the horrible stuff that they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. Right. So, so yeah, it, it is, it's on both sides. And so, yeah, that difference of opinion, I, I thought this was really great. You know, the whole, uh, the, the stuff that Oprah's doing now as much as she can around being a, um, a special uh, journalist or whatever it's called reporter on 60 minutes. She's, she does special yeah. shows where she, she did one where yeah. they talked about politics and then she did another one where they talked about trauma. And I thought it was really interesting to hear her saying, well, you, we, we do the episodes and then we all sit down together and we watch them and we critique and, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, well, don't, you know, don't say Oprah did anything wrong because, you know, it's Oprah. And she's like, no, no, it's I need to hear the truth. If something doesn't work that I, who cares if I'm Oprah, let's tweak that. Let's do it differently. Yeah. That yeah. is the that is a healthy way to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know Oprah. <laughs> yes, you, I, you know, I, she she featured a couple of my books, and uh, she's uh, so sweet. Um, after the uh, one of the programs was over, uh, I was out already in the limo that she provided, and probably owned going to the hotel that she owned, <laughs> you know, in Chicago. And and, uh, and she came herself out to the limo and knocked on my window and asked me if I'd come back in. I said sure, and she said uh, uh, one of the uh, ladies that was on the program with us. Um, was crying and feel, and feeling really sad, you know, because uh, she had talked about, you know, her her child, who had, you know, her adult child who had been just really bad, and uh, and so I did it. And I came in and I thought that was really sweet for her to come out yeah. in person yeah. to ask me if I'd come back in and comfort somebody, you know. And, and I think yeah, Oprah's that kind of wonderful, uh, sweet person because uh, I think it took that kind of person to do that. So I, I I'm not surprised. I think she's the type that would want 
you know, if you disagreed with her to go ahead and disagree with her, even on her own program, she wouldn't care. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and some things you're, I think sometimes when you're, you know, you've been through so much trauma and you are just emotionally inflamed is what I call it. You're, you're, you can be emotion, you're completely emotionally inflamed. You've been abused for so long and it's a part of your makeup at this point. It's a part of the neural pathways in your brain and to unpack that and unwind it and do EMDR, go to a program like the catalyst program and keep going and try and new things and whatever to work through that. There are times on that journey where you can't hear anything negative about yourself. And the, it isn't because you're this narcissist who um, is so full of themselves that they can't hear anything negative. It's because you are so beating yourself up inside of your own head and thinking that you're horrible and have a whole bunch of people in your life always telling you that you're horrible because that's what you think you deserve is having those kinds of people in your life that you can't hear one more negative thing. You just can't do it. And and that can get mistaken for someone being extremely narcissistic when it's not. That is called someone who is in serious trauma. I, I know that because that was, that was me for many, many, many years. But now I can hear, you know, Kristen, you really need to think about doing this better, um, change the way you do your show, do shorter shows. Like you just told me, you know, we, the other day we were talking, you know, we're talking about doing the uh, a regular radio show together. And you said, you know, why do we always do hour long shows? Maybe we should do shorter shows. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. And yeah. And, and I'm totally okay with that. Whereas maybe a year ago, Paul, if you would have said that to me, I would have been like, Paul, I'm horrible. This I'm embarrassed. I can't even, you know, I mean, that's might've been where I was. I was telling you, you know, uh, you know, this is just an idea I came up with about a week or or so ago, you know, that, you know, uh, I think I'm, I know you have ADD, but I've got ADHD. I think it's a little bit worse than yours, you know. You're a a bit worse than yours. Mine might be worse than yours. Mine's really pretty severe. And so, and and I don't, I don't sit down and, uh, and listen to hour long podcasts, but I would listen (laughs) to one that's uh, 20 to 30 minutes or something like that. Cause my attention span isn't long enough. And I was, and and I was sharing with you, uh, uh, this past week, I said, Kristen, do you think it'd be good for us sometimes to do a, like, Mm -hmm. not worry about the time, you know, if it's 20 minutes, it's 20, if it's 30, it's 30, if it's 40, it's 40. And, uh, the podcasts don't have to be a magic number of minutes, do they? Yeah, they don't. They don't necessarily expect it to be exactly 59 minutes and 32 seconds or anything like that. And and, uh, so we chatted about it and we decided, you know, we would just do different lengths. Yeah, we'd change it up and and that's uh, fine. And yeah. And when people hunt for what topic they want to listen to 10 years from now, uh, they they can say, well, let's see. I I think I'll listen to that 20 minute one on blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly. I just got into this habit of doing, uh, you know what I did it because a therapy hour is a 50 minute hour, you know, typically. So I just sort of modeled it after that, even though I'm not a therapist, but that's how much time I would spend with a therapist would be 50 minutes. So that's just my model. But there are other podcasters on the network that do like um, Dr. Linda Martinez-Louis, she does 10 minute shows. I mean, everybody can do their own thing, but anyway, that I did that. I did a, I did a, I did one that was like from seven to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for several years on a nas- uh, nationwide uh, uh, radio uh, network. 
I do I, I like eight minutes. Yeah, I do eight minute segments yeah. on the YouTube America. They Skype me in. I'm on a cable news yeah. channel, and we do eight minute segments on on a topic. And I know that when I hear the music coming on, I need to wrap it up because they're going to commercial. <laughs> so, and there, we're going to be doing shows together. Eleven. Oh, go ahead. You know. Go ahead. Well, we're, you and I are going to do shows together for a terrestrial radio station that are 11-minute segments. So we'll just yeah. figure it out. But anyway, keep yeah, going. I'm to excited. The next we're going to be on uh, all over New York and one or yeah. two other places, and maybe yeah. uh, nationwide uh, sometime soon. Um, one, one more point I want to make on uh, uh, differences of opinion is uh, when you're with people that you love, you know, your mate, your best friend, um, you know, people that you work with all the time that you really care about and enjoy and and you have differences of opinion uh i would recommend that you not uh tell them well you should do this or you should or you shouldn't do that uh because that's being i think you're being narcissistic it doesn't mean you're a personality disorder but it's a narcissistic way of handling yes. differences of, of opinion and saying i'm right you're wrong you shouldn't mm -hmm. do this you should do that as you're being that person's parent they don't need another parent they need a friend and, uh, oh and so a better way to handle that, a, a, a more a mature way to handle that is if if uh, if we have a, a difference of opinion is to say, here's how I feel about that. You know, here's how I feel about what you just shared or what you just did. You know, I feel sad about it or or somewhat angry or good about it or, you know, and, and whether you change it, your opinion or not, or whether you change that particular behavior. And we're not talking about really bad behavior, but. Uh, but, but whether you change that or not is is, uh, is up to you. And I'm not telling you you should or shouldn't. I'm just telling you how I feel when you, you do that. Yes. But when yes. somebody shares like that, that makes me want to really listen and, and motivates me to change if I am, if I see that I have done something that was accidentally harmful uh, or hurt somebody's feelings or something. But if somebody uh, tells me, Paul, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't say that or you should say this or you shouldn't, you should say that. Then I automatically just want to rebel against it. You know, right. I don't like anybody telling me what I should or shouldn't do. Exactly. Yeah, and that's. Sorry, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, in a marriage, especially if, like, like uh, my wife uh, likes me to get home by six uh, thirty, and because uh, uh, I mean, some some nights we go out to eat, and uh, some nights uh, she cooks. If we both, and she used to work, and when she worked, you know, then it wouldn't be. Uh, her job to to cook any more than it would be mine or anybody else's. You know, we'd, you know, share that. But uh, now that I'm working and she's not, then she cooks, um, and so she has supper ready about six thirty. So if, if I'm going to be, uh, if I have to be late, and then I let her know that I'm going to be late. You know, but if I if I came home an hour late and I and I didn't let her know, and the and she and her dinner was ready at six thirty that she fixed for us, and uh, you know, then then she'd be upset but if she said paul you should always call me when you're going to come home late even though she's right i would probably uh say, well uh, you know i had an emergency right. here i'd think of an excuse you know what i mean but if she yes. said paul here's how i feel when you come home late and you don't let me know that you're going to be home late then here's how i feel about it and that makes me really want to you know because i love her and i know she loves me that that makes me really want to change and and that and handle it in a better way uh next time so that that's an example of uh having differences of opinion with people that you love, but not using the should or the shouldn't on them. 
Yeah, exactly. And you know, that made me think of this. We actually had another person. We we had done a show and we had titled it um, The Seven Most Narcissistic Traits or something like that. It was titled that. And that was not what we talked about at all. What we really talked about. And I remember during the show, I was like, we are not, we've gone in some direction that is not what we said the title was. But, but then listen, listeners, I get so busy with running this company with doing show after show after show after show and I'm still we're still you know we're walking into the third year of this startup I still do mega hands-on like in the weeds work that I I am just now starting to be able to hire people to help me and it's fantastic but I'm still you know this is what I signed up for this is what it takes to do a startup I you know I'm not complaining about it I love what I do but I could tell that we went off the rails on that show but by the time it got back from editing and we posted it up I had completely forgotten that because there are eight million things that happened so I just gave it that title and it went up and a wonderful woman emailed me and said hey Kristen I love your shows uh, or she didn't say I love your shows uh, she just said I listen to your shows this one that you put out called this it really wasn't uh, it really wasn't about that it was the most non should email Ever. It was so kind. And it was yeah. just a fact. Yeah. She said, so I wrote her back yeah. and I said, thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. What do you think yeah. it should have been called? And she wrote me back and said, how about the, the seven traits that narcissists seek in you? And I was like, that is brilliant. I said, thank you so much for that because she had time to listen to it. I don't listen to the shows. We do them. It comes out my mouth. It's gone. Like that, that baby was born. Yeah. I'm on to the next thing, you know? So I yeah, turned around and we renamed it. We changed to the social media around it. And, and, and it was like, thank you. So yeah. there's a way of telling people things like we're saying that you don't agree with that you have a difference of opinion with where you are not shooting on them and people right. are going to receive it in like what Paul is saying in that loving, mature, whatever way. I'm much more mature in receiving information and I appreciate the people who are very healthy and mature in the way they deliver a differing opinion to me. Yeah. Even if they totally disagree Yeah. Uh, with my opinion or your opinion. Exactly. I, I like people that disagree with my opinion. Lots of times, I, lots of times, I, I find out that I, that I'm wrong, and that you know, there's things, I, even at my age, even at my age, I, I still change my opinion about a lot of different things. Yep, that's you know? part of being I, a human fact, being. I was telling one of my kids that the other day. I said, you know, the older I get, uh, the the less sure I am of of anything, of everything. <laughs> isn't it? It's so funny how that happens. I was I'm 21. Like, I knew. I was 21. I knew all the answers. You know, now that I'm almost uh, 74, uh, I, you know, I, I don't even know enough to ask good questions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm much more confident than I ever ever have been. I have much. I have so much self love that I have never ever had. And I also, what comes with that is, the more that I, the older I get, the less I uh, that I, the less I know, and the more I need to ask. Um, I don't need other, I don't need to ask other people's opinions in order to inform me in order for me to have an opinion, which I did that for many years. No, 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 that would be, I just, now I'm like, huh, okay. I could look at that 
differently interesting i just don't get so upset so yeah it's all in the delivery folks it's all in the delivery <laughs> so paul we we tried we tried to make this one a 20 minute or we we went a little bit fast it's, uh, it's about 35 that's better 35. than that's better, well, it's not yeah. better than 60, not better, but, exactly. but, it's, uh, but it's still different than 60. that's right exactly yeah, not, neither one's better or worse it's just you know it gives some people that that uh, have a shorter attention span than 60 minutes, uh, a topic they can listen to and and uh, go time. play their video games. Or and then you get to go home earlier and uh, I get to rest yeah. my throat. It's the dog and all day. Yeah. Same with yours. So listeners, thank you so much for being patient and kind with us and um, and tuning into our shows. We so appreciate it. And uh, Paul, thank you for after a long Monday, on Mondays, a long day where you are a full-time psychiatrist that you do these shows every Monday. And I love doing it because I really do feel a connection to our listening family. That's why I like to call them our listening family. Yep. All right. Thank you, listeners. And we will catch you next time. See how see how much we can maybe take down the time on the next one, because we have to practice for when Paul and I are doing 11 minute segments on this radio station. So yeah. help yeah. us out with that. We got to we got to get the information out in a shorter amount of time and we're going to practice here. So thank you, listeners, for your patience on that. And we will catch you on the next roundtable. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you I can fight it. Good boy.